Hello and welcome to the NixiePod podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Felbert, a quantum intuitive coach, teacher, and filmmaker sharing authentic spiritual stories. I deep dive into life's mysteries and magic by interviewing amazing people that have followed their calling. Each episode serves to spark something in your soul. Come, let's do story time. Here's, here's, come with me. We're going to do this thing together. That sounds like the perfect introduction to, to say hi to our guests and say thank you, Andrew Newman, for being on my show. Andrew is a creative and he's made this very successful business out of being a creative, out of writing children's stories. And I find that fascinating, Andrew. But I'm also very fascinated with your story. How did you even know that you wanted to be in a creative field? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like it depends, you know, what, what age you're asking that question to. But I grew up in Cape Town, apartheid, South Africa generation. My family were a long lineage of jewelers. I got to be the fourth generation family jeweler. So I didn't have to decide whether I wanted to be, I don't know, creative or, or what I was going to do. But my creativity wasn't nurtured. It wasn't nurtured in, in the schooling. It wasn't nurtured in family at that, that stage. And I didn't identify as being creative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you ask that, that's why I'm like, me? me? Creative? <laughs> and now I sit. I, I sit next to this pile of, of conscious bedtime stories that's getting it. heavier and heavier to carry around the world with me as I travel. <laughs> 18 on the pile today and 19 and 20 are in print at the moment. And I, I mean, I remember when I sat on this Scottish hillside with my journal and and was bunkered down in the grass and the, and the, the wind that's inevitable in Edinburgh. And I was just just journaling and writing poetry like I do and and I wrote a poem and then I knew this one needed some pictures and it was like that's it that's it that's where it started it was there was nothing there was nothing strategic about it there was just the spark of that creativity it's an impulse when it comes through and it was like there was this this impulse and just the space to write it down and half a half an an ounce of trust to go I can get pictures put with this and, and I still hid that book. That book hid for four years. It, it didn't, my illustrator got told she can't share it with anybody. I said, this is just us. We're going to create it. And I needed to be so, so, so protective over it because it was this first infant spark of my creative creativity that, that I wasn't yet ready for anybody to say, oh, why did you do it like that? Or, or, and it has or, to be your process, right? Each person has their own process. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm listening. I'm like, why wouldn't you share? I mean, I've read a lot of your children's books. I'm like, they're amazing. Why wouldn't you share it? But that was your process. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and also that you followed through with putting uh, illustration to it. Yeah, that was, that was fun. It was fun. It was a little nervy to spend some money on creativity. It's <laughs> probably my first dollar spent on. I was earning, uh, I was earning ten pounds an hour doing care and support work in Scotland, and my friend who is the illustrator charged me ten pounds an hour. <laughs> so it's not exactly a, a lush season, uh, um, but uh, that was it was it was important. But 
I, I wanted uh, I wanted the protectiveness because the the mirroring that, that the world had given me for who I was and my self-expression and my creativity had been really negative mirroring and really unsupportive and really harsh. And because yeah. of that, uh, it, it wasn't natural for me just to go, here's a thing and trust that the world was going to go, oh my God, it's beautiful. Love what you created. That's amazing. I was, I was ready for the world to say, huh? <laughs> um, and what do you think you're doing? Get back in the box that we think you should be in. I have this deep passion of and, and, and really encourage people to let the first spark of creativity live unedited, but protected and uh, mm-hmm. until you're ready to believe in it yourself and, and have your creative voice be louder than the creative voice of, of the world that can be a little bit hostile at times. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's experience. I can definitely relate to you going, I need to be really ready to put this out there. And also, once you are ready, there's something else that shifts within side of you that allows the world to accept it, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's valid. I, I like how you said that. There's a readiness for feedback that we can, we can arrive to. Um, I can certainly say that the process of doing more books on top gave me this opportunity of to be less concerned about the feedback, mm. uh, to trust more my own process of what I'm writing. I have a stronger why. In, in my case, it's like I've got a very strong why in this. I, I want to help families connect more deeply with their kids in the last 20 minutes of the day. And I know that the, the mindfulness and the uh, social emotional learning and the spiritual healing and the psychology background that I have is stuff that we need at a younger age we, and, and our parents need it as resource. So my why is very interwoven and it becomes something that's more of a tree trunk in me than just a, a, a leaf blowing around like that first story I didn't yet have it. Uh, the yeah. story led me to the why, as opposed to the me having the why up front and then, and then uh, getting to the stories. So that drove you, and I mean your your business is conscious stories, consciousstories.com. Um, yeah. So it's it's very much interwoven into your why. It's it it's all very clear. Yeah, and yet it had to become clear, like in yeah. me, it had to become clear. All I had was a spark. On a and a poem on a Scottish hillside, <laughs> and then I really it was already there was an alignment by that time of life. I I had made the commitment to teaching, counselling, and healing. I knew that was my path. I had done the turn away from the fourth generation family business into the the unknown of like what am I doing? Ooh. And right. Yeah, it was, it was, big. Who am I? Who am I if I'm not a jeweler? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was identity. It was a healthy egoic structure, but egoic structure nevertheless. And then I had, to, I actually asked the question, not what do I want to do, but how do I want to be? And it felt like that was a pivotal question in steering how I ended up studying healing and psychology and personal development work, Mm. because I knew that I actually just got to be around people who were better at me than being human. 
<laughs> I liked how they did humaning better than I liked how I did humaning. And they seemed to be able to stay present and make eye contact. And at that stage of my life, I, that my head was down and my eyes were averted. And um, mm. I, wasn't, I wasn't able to stay present with my own feelings, let alone the feelings of another human being who was, who was um, in some way emoting or emotive. Or, yeah, was, uh, that is a journey in itself, isn't it? Very much. Yeah, for all for all of us, I think, yeah. but uh, but more so when we've grown up in an environment that doesn't just nurture it right from the start, mm. and 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 you can hear the echo to me going, "Give this to the kids young, so that they've got what I didn't have, so that they don't have to do all the adult learning that I had to do as an adult." But yeah. um, and that makes so much sense. You know, we often find ourselves doing something from our childhood wounding. It's like that's what drives us yeah and it's certainly true for you yeah and it's definitely been true for me in in different aspects of my life as well yeah seems to be part of the mechanism yeah um and it's good it's 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 uh, it's right that we we learn to heal ourselves and then graciously want to heal the world of the same thing that we experienced yeah and your books are very light and beautiful, but it is actually working with trauma in a happy way, um, right. healing those wounds for, for parents who have kids and for the kids themselves when parents are interacting and spending that one-on-one -on -one time with their kids. Yeah, and, and so let me give you a couple of the titles just to contextualize what you just said there. So um, The Home for Sensitive Butterflies is... Uh, she isn't that great she's gently inviting sensitive souls to settle at home on earth yeah. um it comes straight out of some of the the characterology personality type studies that i've done because there is a personality type we know those who our sensitive kids are and what they struggle with yeah. uh the the hug who got stuck which is, which is our kids' favorite in the collection, teaching children to access their hearts, get free from sticky thoughts. Let's make it normal. It is normal. Our heads yeah. get in the way of our hearts. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is what happens. So um, make it visual, make it accessible, make it normal, give a language so that you can then go, oh, sweetie, have you got a stuck hug? Yeah. Um, oh. Have you got, have you got some sticky thoughts? Like, yeah. do you need, what, what do you need to do? Let's do the thing that the hug does in the story because then you'll like, <sighs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm totally doing that with my tween. Do you have some sticky <laughs> thoughts? She'll be like, Mom, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, she'll yeah. roll her eyes first very yeah. loudly because she's a tween. And then she'll go, Yeah, now that you mention it, actually. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And if she's known the story, then she's got it. Then we've got Ellie Jumps a Mile, one of the three elephant stories, and teaching kids to recognize fear and to calm themselves. So uh, we know that awareness is the first uh, superpower from which we can begin to choose how we regulate. If we've yeah. got the skills to regulate as an adult, we know we've got to help our kids learn those skills. Mm -hmm. But for us, we're... And regulate for them when they don't have the skills. Oh, so well said. That's yeah. right. Through, through our breath, through our presence, we, we, can, we do the regulating. And uh, one of the... The hardest things of parenting is that 
our kids are the closest mirror we can possibly receive and constantly trigger us. (laughs) (laughs) And, And if we're trying to help them regulate we need to be a regulated presence before we can offer that you can't you can't sort of walk into the room at night and go come on go to sleep hurry up we're going to sleep but if we can take that split second breath that just goes Mm. and we align our intention just for calmness and for a smooth transition and and an effortless going to sleep transition and then we come in and we just bring that presence and we say hey Here's your boundary right now. The lights have to go off. It's time to go to sleep. Mm. Uh, you had your story. Um, <sighs> I'll be here to meet you in the morning. I feel I feel much calmer just hearing you say that. Actually, I'm like, oh <laughs> yes, a boundary. Uh, <sighs> yes, that is what I meant to do. Okay. Yeah, and from that really calm, regulated space yourself. It's it's mm-hmm. in the tone. Yeah. That's right. And the tone can only come from the connection to self. I mean, I put my hand on my heart to do that and yeah. took that breath myself to, to drop. And we have to find this, uh, I don't know the word, interiority is the word I'm making up in this moment. <laughs> we, in, in, the, in the story, the boy who searched for silence, he goes looking for silence out in the world and he can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. And in, he gets really mad actually, he gets super frustrated and in a moment of like despair, he actually drops inwards mm. and he falls inwards into silence. Wow. And he discovers it's this place inside him. And if you've done any body work, whether it's yoga or whether it's breath work, um, there is this possibility of discovering like boundless space deep in the belly that you can actually go and occupy and you can hang out in that. Mm-hmm. And the whole universe in there. <laughs> there is a there is really a universe in there. Yeah. And and so a minute I, ago. I hear a new story coming. <laughs> <laughs> the universe in the belly. How's it gonna <laughs> go? <title>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when we can when we've when we've found the spaciousness of that by 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 doing some personal work and some mindfulness work. It's always with us. And then we can do that, that regulating breath and the, the intention setting. We can just go there because we there now as a location. Yeah. It's like, if you haven't yet done the work and you're not understanding the, the what I'm talking about, that's okay because that's also part of the stage of the development. It's like we were talking about creativity. Where does a poem or a story come from? just think about that for a moment but think about it with your whole body it's like where where well mm. where where does that first spark emanate from and if you slow down enough and and even the question the question is enough even if you can't slow down even if you can't feel it the question is enough to carry that question because it will lead you to a creative spark arising and an impulse yeah. You sit down and go like, hey, I've got a blank piece of paper and I'm going to write a poem. And the poem's going to have the word chocolate in it. <gasps> yeah. And then you wait. And you don't get the whole poem. It doesn't form in your mind all in one place. You get a little, a little word that braves its way out onto the page. Oh, and, 
and there it and there it is and then the next word reveals itself and the next word reveals itself and then and then it keeps unfolding and maybe maybe we we stop the unfolding because we get a bit into our mind and we go what should it be but then the mind falls away again and the next word unfolds and then it's like this poem it's like did i write the poem did the poem exist somewhere just behind the veil and yeah. and and it was fully formed but it kind of fed itself to me one word at a time and i was just the scribe and it kind of came out and it's like oh, i love that visual uh, mm. yeah that's amazing and then how to access that is it just to trust? Because you're kind of almost going into a different space to find that or to open up to it. Hmm. It's about trusting that it's there. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because for me it is just there. Yeah. And I don't remember when it started being just there. Yeah. And I don't know for sure if that's true for everybody. Um, in the space of words, in the space of literature, I really believe it's true for everyone in their creative zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're, again, you're painting or you're at the piano, it's like just being at the piano and being able to, to tinkle. Mm. Don't have to have the whole, yeah. the whole song. You can go to a piano with no musical skill and tinkle and you will find a little rhythm that you like. Yeah. You will repeat that rhythm. Yeah. And and that doesn't take any training. That's part of the human the mechanism. It's how we how we we're built and how self expression happens and how creativity seems to flow. But, I mean, sure, trust helps. Trust is and yes, trust. <laughs> yeah. And experimentation and curiosity and you know, this. I mean, this this conversation is is where my work is going. It's it's. It's there's a there's seventy or eighty thousand words of a of a of a book written already about the creative cycle and the creative process and oh, wow. how we uh, how we're moved by this this impulse that when it comes through us and what gets in the way because of our our psychological echoes from from being young and how the world mirrors the creativity and then whether or not we can get all the way around to the satisfaction of a great creative moment where it's like, here's my story. Mm. Thanks, and Andrew. Yeah. Pride, natural, healthy pride sort of emerges. Mm. I'm exploring the meeting point of psychology uh, spirituality or mindfulness and creativity. Uh, I think that psychology and mindfulness are things that we do. And I think that creativity is who we are. Hmm. So it, it creativity infuses our therapeutic work. It infuses our psychological understanding. It infuses our mindfulness even, um, in a way that that's just like profound it's like this is this is this is the goodness of life if you're you know you're making dinner at home your creativity is actually happening that's like oh my goodness i've got nothing to eat uh, and then you open the fridge and you look around and you think oh all right there's a can of beans in the cupboard yep we could put that with that and this with this and and a plate of food a meal arrives yeah well sometimes <laughs> it's not as easy as that sometimes i open the cupboard and the fridge and then the other cupboard, and then the fridge again, and then the other cupboard, and then the other cupboard. And it takes a while for me to go, okay, 
that's what I'm going to do. So it takes a while of exploration. In every expression of, of the creative cycle, as I see it, I call that the hustle, <laughs> right? Expect to hustle. Don't expect it to just happen. Sometimes we're lucky enough to have one of these, those open channel moments and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, and then like the story just writes itself and I have those moments and I love them, but I can't wait for them to happen. Otherwise I would only have one book. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I have to hustle. I have to do, do the, the work and, and things that are new also wobble. So I also expect to wobble. Here's my new creation. You heard that I wobbled for four years with that first book. I was like, I don't know that I can tell anybody about it yet. That was me wobbling. It was me being scared. I was like, me not quite daring. Um, no, I mean, there's, there's less risk in creating dinner. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you were asking about trust. So I give the question back to you. Like, do you need to trust when you're looking at this cupboard and then that cupboard and then this fridge and that fridge? is trust part of your creative process for dinner in that moment yeah in some ways because i go if i get into a space where i don't know what i'm doing for dinner and you know think of this as a metaphor as well um and i get into my immature feminine the little girl and i'm like there's not enough here i don't feel like that and i don't feel like that and i wanted something else and i don't have the ingredients and and then go Hold on a second. I actually have to make dinner. <sighs> the breath. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I know there's stuff here. I know there's stuff here that I can make dinner with. And it always turns out pretty, pretty good, actually. <laughs> but do you say so yeah. myself? <laughs> I love that we can, in the creative space, we can create from different ages. Like you, you, you name the immature feminine, just this young part of you. And it's like, like you can sit down intentionally, give her space, get the crayons out and say, what do you want to draw? <sighs> and she can, she can express herself. She can say whatever she wants. And, and, um, and, and other times we can bring the, the executive or the higher self or uh, mama bear, whatever we call her. And she can be online and go like, oh, today we're going to create from this place and see what she wants to say mm. uh, and it and th this was a this is a profound part of my healing journey was that i tripped over reiki it was a wonderful discussion discovery and i i took it into a playful space and and then decided i needed to learn more and was very very lucky to find a a, a training program with a barbara brennan school of healing and one of their core subjects is creative arts hmm. doesn't occupy a big amount of hours a large like time it reconnected me with this seed and let me let me play across times and and ages and uh and be, and it's so integrating so integrating to 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 have the little the little young inner self have time and space that uh, where she's not um, she's not made wrong for showing up or he's not made wrong for showing up where mm. it's like, oh, okay, you're definitely here. What am I going to do? Chase your way? <laughs> where are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. it's so nice that you're here. It's like, sometimes I need you to be in the backseat with your seatbelt on because dad's going to drive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And that's really, really useful to be able to 
to do that internal narrative and just go, oh, I feel how young I feel right now. That means that little little Andrew's, I call him Andy. Um, Andy's driving. I'm like, hey, Andy, so glad you're here. So glad you're here. I mean, you just, you take on so much. And I like, I see you trying to protect me. I, I got this. Why don't, you, why don't you hang out in the back? Just put your belt on. You'll be good. We got this. I got this. You like. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's what I do with my clients as well is teach them to do that. That's right. yeah, it's, it's big. It's big to even know that you can do it. Yes. Yeah. That's what I said. It's big to even know that you can do it. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a story from you. Mm. I'm going to put it into a separate podcast for people to watch on YouTube and really to understand and see how magical your stories are and how they filter into your psyche in such a light, beautiful way um, without by using your heart, by, mm. by, by capturing the heart. Well, wonderful. Well, the story that I would like to do, where did it go? Is, is the one, the home for sensitive butterflies. Uh, it's my new favorite. It's also my newest. So that's why I want to share it. I'm like, it's still like birthing in the world, but uh, I, I have trust and faith and confidence in it. And she's beautiful and delicate. And just a little bit of the origination of it. I mentioned that I, I studied personality patterns and one of the personality patterns is uh, is very much characterized in the story. And uh, we can talk better about it afterwards, but I had spent some time with a, a dear friend who exhibits so many of the, the characteristics of this pattern. And you meet her through the story. You even meet her the moment I tell you the title of the story. And you know, the home for sensitive butterflies. She's just, she's delicate and she's light and, and delicate is good. <sighs> delicate is good. Let's be clear about that. I love that. Yeah. And these sensitive souls who are in amongst us and in our families and, and in ourselves and in these places are, uh, are highly creative. Mm. Um, and, uh, deeply spiritual and detail oriented we, they 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 perceive the world with a level of like fine detail you know the detail of the butterfly's wings right oh, it's yeah. that level there. can you imagine if this isn't you and you don't really recognize this in yourself just imagine what it's like for the person um, who perceives the world in that level of detail all the time, mm. like like the 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 multicolored lines of the butterfly wing, and imagine how overwhelming that could be for them, right? Just so that you have a sense of like empathy and 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 a bit more understanding of what their world is like. We don't all look out through the same eyes and through the same heart. We have different experiences that are framed by. Um, by our childhood and our infancy and our, our wounding and our families of origin and our society that we're in. And that it sets up these, these perspectives that 
say say the world is safe or the world isn't is safe in this way and but not in that way yeah and and so we just like hopefully this story is in service to uh particularly to the sensitive butterflies but to those who have to care care for a work alongside mm. a parent um the sensitive butterflies now we we we, we know a little bit just just read the story together the yeah. story's got got the medicine inherent in in it that you don't need to know how to do anything other than 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 read a story do the breathing <laughs> and then and then there's a super little fun thing right at the end every book has an activity page but this one has a non-activity page it's our very first non-activity page and, and we just like simply like 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 lie down and open your arms like wings and imagine the sun just warming your body and take 10 slow deep breaths and and maybe you turn to your friend and you go hey i'm just gonna do nothing for 10 breaths would you like to join me <laughs> <We're> like, <sighs> I feel like as adults, we need to have this page open on our desks to remind us, go and lie on the grass and take 10 breaths, then you can come back. <laughs> yes. And if there's an inch of snow outside, like there is where I am, just, just imagine it. Imagine this is the power of imagination for regulating the nervous system and the body in a beautiful way. Mm. Andrew, thank you so much for your understanding, for your beautiful words, for the way that you've put everything together and, and help me understand your process, which is, um, it's really helpful as a creative myself. Um, so thank you. Thank you for your story. And mm. Thank you for you. Oh, my great pleasure, Nikki. And thanks for just welcoming me in and hosting me and letting me be the guest. And, <laughs> and, and it just, this is the power of invitation that, you, you know, I feel like, like so much has come out of me in our conversation. That this isn't rehearsed. And I'd like, I got to do that because you offered the space and the invitation said, hey, come on in and, and engaged. And, and, I'm making a note of that because I think that it's something I want to write about and it feels important that we, we practice the art of invitation. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review and rate the Nixie Pod show. It helps to get this information out to more of our soul tribe. Thank you for listening.